Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the Getting Over podcast, so we're talking wrestling of all forms, whether it's WWE, AEW, NXT and everything in between. We've got the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, I'll keep calling it a pay-per-view, coming up and we talk about who won last time's predictions. We've got all the news and everything wrestling you could want. Before we get started, please do take a moment to like, share, subscribe and comment, drop any reviews you want to leave, and uh, let's get these podcasts out there, people. Let's do it. Right, here we go. This is CookieCast, getting over. Recording in progress. Hello, hello. Welcome, one and all, to episode 45 of Getting Over on the Cookie Cast Network. And whether this is your first or 45th time, everybody's welcome. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you have heard us before, you will know that I am never alone on this venture and look at all things WWE and wrestling over the last month or so. And joining me on this episode, we have Mr. Andy Cook. Hello. Mr. Paul Williams. Evening. And Mr. Matthew Moore. Hello. How are we all? Is everybody okay? Uh, yeah, can't complain. Good. So before we get started, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to our, again to our regular listeners and subscribers. And it's fair to say that we definitely appreciate each and every one of you. And getting over, as you will know if you've been listening along, is giving back to you guys. So as a thank you to the subscribers... We actually have two Alexa Bliss Funkos still up for grabs uh, to give away once we reach 100 subscribers on YouTube. So if you're listening and you've never watched, just, just change it up one time. Just head over to YouTube, check us all out on there. Um, you'll also see obviously the videos from uh, the other CookieCast podcast, the Darkest Timeline, uh, the, the Straight to the Apex F1 podcast, the football podcast when the season comes back. Uh, amongst other other goodness as well, so so go and check us out. Um, so yeah, right. Predictions title time. As we always like to start with that, let's go with it. So the all important title, the Getting Over Predictions Championship. And last time, following Helen Nacelle, it was me, which was a huge surprise. I mean. Kind of on a technicality if we're, if we're really keeping score on the uh, the old tie break. Uh, but as history shows, me and that title seem to go together like Sasha Banks and a Raw Women's title. So, um, yeah, will my terrible defensive streak continue? In a word, yes. So, <laughs> in one of the most closely contested predictions uh, efforts we've had in, in recent memory... I managed to come last. Yeah, fantastic job. Well, I wasn't even alone in that venture, as uh, as Paul joined me on four out of six points. Well, four out of six is... Four out of six? I mean, come on. By the more than 50% there. Well, that that just leaves Andy and Matt to, to, to be the ones battling it out. And with a more than credible five out of six, 
and taking second place was Andy. So those of you that, you know, counting on your fingers and stuff at this point in time will realise that Matt has not only won, but has won with six out of six. Uh, It's only a clean sweep. Ripping the title away from me with that clean sweep as well. So congratulations, Matt. I mean, I, I think there, there was a point very soon after the uh, the pay-per-view had aired in real time, uh, and I know we were sort of messaging amongst ourselves, but I'm pretty sure Matt probably had a good idea of the six before the message went on the group. So it was... <laughs> that looks interesting. That seemed that looks all familiar. See, I was going to be that guy, because if I had a one, I was going to demand that my name was engraved on this, on this version of the title, because, you know having it so many times and all but uh that didn't that didn't work out did it so i'll, I'll just i'll just go and sit in the corner and be quiet <laughs> well so yeah so matt matt has got the uh, the task of trying to hang on to that now so uh we will see where the predictions take us at the towards the end of, of the podcast but in possibly the most news heavy month we have ever known on getting over and not all of it is good we should probably start on that. So the power in WWE has shifted, possibly temporarily, but a shift nonetheless. And for the first time since 1982, Vince McMahon is not at the head of the company. And this is all thanks to an ongoing investigation into alleged previous misdemeanors of both Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis. The Wall Street Journal published a report of a multi-million dollar hush money payment or or two or three or we're not entirely sure to women who had allegedly had sexual relations with Vince McMahon and the allegations were fueled when the board of WWE were contacted by someone who knew an employee who was just randomly paid three million dollars separate to their uh, you know regular salary uh, and following that other payments and legal agreements have been uncovered according to the report Obviously, this is stuff that the Wall Street uh, Journal have been uh, involved in digging up. Isn't stuff we've obviously done ourselves. So we we will base our information off of what has been released to the public thus far. Um, Following the uh, release of the allegations and the report, Vince voluntarily stepped back as as CEO and Stephanie McMahon was named interim CEO by a special committee. Um, When I did a bit more digging on this, because I felt I had to, because obviously Vince would be on that committee and Stephanie would regularly be on that committee, amongst other people. Um, I am, I, I was somewhat relieved to find out that eight members of the board of the uh, directors were involved in making that decision. Vince, Stephanie, Triple H and Nick Khan, surprisingly, uh, were not involved in the decision-making progress, uh, process according to the reports in Wrestling Observer Newsletter. So... At least it hasn't been a case of I'm just sticking myself in charge. Can I just put, pull pull something up there? So they had they had a decision to make, and if I'm assuming it was based on potentially a vote sort of scenario. So I may if they basically sort of had like a couple of names to put to sort of like to the party as to who could take over. Does having an even number of parties vote not seem like a really stupid idea? I hadn't actually thought about that, but absolutely yes. So, would it not have been better to have had 
a nine-party a nine committee or a seven-party committee, so you were definitely going to get uh, a majority vote. I would, I would, the cynical person in me would say those purple, four people walked out of the room and the eight people left in the room were told... Uh, Vote for Vince to be temporarily to step. Vote for Vince to temporarily step down and put Stephanie in charge. And they went, "Yeah, we'll do that anonymously." Uh, unanimously. Therefore, you know, I don't think it could have been a hundred people in there. And again, that is an even number of people. And I still think it would have come out with the same result, kind of thing. It was, and it could have been one person in there or two people in there. There's still the same result would have come out. Um, yeah, it, I, I, I would say at the moment it appears to be a publicity stunt um, at the moment. Um, we'll see where it goes from there. Well, we, sh- we, shall, we shall come to the uh, publicity stunt bit in a second. Well, they kind of doubled down on that one, didn't they? Just, uh, just, just digging into it further as well. So if, if effectively four people weren't involved in the decision-making you would assume that the people who weren't allowed to be involved in the decision-making were the people that either had A, allegedly been doing wrongings, or if uh, if they were potentially going to be the ones put in charge. So you would assume that Stephanie was always, like you say, always going to be within that role. Triple H, probably not, because of his recent sort of health stuff and only just getting back into work and all that business. So I'm, I'd be interested once all this is um, sort of like put you know put to bed one way or another. I mean, probably should have phrased that better, Vince. Um, Nick Khan. It's been speculated for a long time that it's him that's sort of on the up, if you like, and, and trying to get his, his his foot in the in, in the door of the top job. So was he not involved in that decision making process because? he thought he was maybe doing it that's that was what i took from it because otherwise if he wasn't why was he then as you rightly pointed out why was he not the odd number that would have made that up so that was just 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 a thought uh, but yeah as as matt sort of uh, alluded to the, the publicity stunt kind of stuff so an interesting point Amongst all of this is that whilst the corporate responsibilities have been lifted from Vince while the investigation is going on, he still remains in creative control and has even appeared on TV live twice since the allegations broke. Oddly enough, they have a rating spike when that happened because the first time uh, was on SmackDown and it was marketed well before the the show was uh, set to air. Vince McMahon will address the crowd live. They weren't wrong. He did do that. But he basically just welcomed everybody to SmackDown and reiterated the uh, then, now, forever, together bit from the start of, uh, of all WWE programming. Um, again, probably not words that should be coming out of Vince McMahon's mouth right about now. <laughs> But hey, so yeah, it, it that that was a really a bit of a cheap move. But do we really put it past Vince at this stage? I think it's a kind of vain bid to show his value to the company in a way, kind of thing. He's like, oh yeah, you know, and 
let's face it, it was a bit of a circus show anyway, because they probably got a, a bump from just people who'd watched the news and was like, so he's really going to go on TV after all these allegations come out? And yeah, yeah, of course he did. And then you can go on and watch it and then be further outraged by the fact that he just came out and trotted out their slogan. And then, of course, you know, I didn't make the joke on Twitter, but then it kind of turns into a Twitter joke of like, oh, yeah, you know, then, now, forever, together. You're kind of like, yeah, all right, then, mate. Settle down, kind of thing. <laughs> um, or as, as some WWE uh, former employees now know it as then, now, together, forever, $3 million, please. The... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah. And seemingly, um, amidst all of this, as I mentioned, Triple H has, has returned to work and being quoted as announcing, I'm back in front of talent at the WWE Performance Centre. Could this mean Triple H is back to a position of power in NXT following his recent health scare? Paul is crossing the fingers there. Um, it's, it's never going to be black and gold again, though, is it? Yeah, well, you know, any any sort of change that would actually make the show watchable would be, be decent. <laughs> so, I mean, that that is a that is a bad rap. That, that is a, that is a man who probably has not watched it, but absolutely for that for that reason. No, but. Uh, I think NXT is in a really weird place at the moment where every match in in the black and gold standings could potentially have been main event. And they've gutted the card now to the point where they very much have a lower mid and upper. But the problem is, is that there is so much lower and mid that the upper is kind of getting lost for me at the moment within NXT. Um, but the landscape is, is very different for Triple H going back in since, you know, the, the position that he left at the time because his main two guys were would have been Regal and Road Dog, And they're now both gone. Um, you know, Shawn Michaels is, is essentially last man standing at this point. But NXT 2.0 has kind of been born under his guidance. So whether or not that means he's there for to kind of prolong that or you know whatever it's going to happen I don't know it's it's interesting but I'm glad that, that Triple H is back and hopefully he can start sort of beefing up the card a little bit in terms of, of interest um, so yeah I think it's a difficult one isn't it because obviously Nick Khan's been the guy that's been releasing all these ex-indie kind of wrestlers and he's still the main kind of guy and then Triple H is going to come back in and obviously try and change around what's going on at NXT I haven't watched it in ages that would be would be the honest truth in it and from what I have seen of it I haven't really got much interest in watching watching it again for a while because I, I, whenever I watched it before there was always clear storylines there was clear character kind of arcs and stuff like that there was characters you could get behind and from what I've seen so far like from the bits that I've seen there's never been a character that I thought yeah I want to get behind that and storylines haven't been particularly obvious because there's always that threat of somebody's just going to disappear as well I think that's the other thing for me is that somebody you could be really enjoying on, on 
on the show could either get promoted to the main roster and made into a manager of a male model um, group or something like that um, or could just be binned off to then turn up at AEW in one to three months or 30 to 90 days um, whichever one you want kind of thing it's just I don't know, you know, like, they want a hardcore following. I don't know whether, do they want a hardcore following? But NXT, and, you know, and I know you can't stick with the black and gold, but, well, you could, but, you know, you either want a hardcore following or you don't, and you completely ruin that. That was your, I know I know they didn't compete with AEW as such, or they struggled to compete with AEW, but that was your AEW rival, I don't think. Raw and SmackDown are that because it's they're com- two completely different shows in a way, and both could do with a little bit of each other. Um, but like the, the NXT is just it's not it's not the NXT that I wanted to watch mm. when it before. See the the thing the thing I never really understood was the like is the like surely the. The saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, could not apply any more, like, perfectly to this situation. Because I don't I don't think they were getting particularly bad ratings, were they? Like, for the, the sort of the TV shows when it was on. I know that, like, obviously they'd moved it from the Tuesday, the, the Wednesday night slot to the Tuesday night slot. Um, and there was a lot of people that said that it had gone from, obviously, being the hour-long format to being the two-hour-long format, and that that was kind of the sort of the the beginning of the end sort of thing for it being like the way that it was. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it, it just seemed as if like it was it was running along nicely, and then all of a sudden it was decided let's change it. But that literally came out of nowhere. There wasn't anything that had sort of been like a sort of a warning to say, "Ooh." so-and-so isn't doing that well, let's take the belt off him and go in a different direction. It just changed, oh, like seemingly overnight. Um, and there was something that I'd seen a couple of weeks back where it said that anyone that's anyone new coming into the company, they've got something written into the contract with it. it says, like, if they haven't shown progression yeah. in their career within 60 days, they can be cut from the contract without any like, sort of questions being asked or something like that. And we talked about that on the podcast uh, there'd be two or three episodes ago now probably maybe even a little longer than that and yeah. like it's do you know as with a lot of things in the world at the moment that seemingly have taken a step back in time why have they done it to NXT because they've just turned it 80s because everything's like big wacky bright colours that might as well be neons and, and you know the big hair and all this bit and like every like the mentioned about the, the no fear storylines why there's not massively but the characters on there aren't a patch on what the character like, the characters on NXT like the black and gold version you related to because there was an, an element of believability about it and then if you remember like watching what would be sort of now classed I guess as golden era WWF where it was like Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Big Boss Man and all this, like they all had like a like a, a job or they had like, or you know, like Doink, so he was a clown or whatever. Whereas yeah, they, they go they back down. They were a profession usually, or something like that. Yeah, were yeah. But 
but then those that weren't a profession had like an outland, like an outlandish kind of attire. So again, I mentioned uh, Doink, or you might like you know um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with all the like the other stuff. They had they had like that kind of full on gimmick character that was that was probably way closer to comic book than it ever was to the, kind of the believability that like like say NXT Black and Gold was. I, it feels a little bit like the like right. Come, it, it's been long enough now since like the eighties and like uh, possibly very early nineties. Can, can can we maybe have another go at this? I, I just I I don't think it sits because the people that still stand by it like remember those people and they hold them in high regard because of what they did at the time but that's like 40 years ago nearly now that's the thing as well like you know like you listen to the um i also i'm listening to the uh, 25 phrases that changed wrestling on like it's on the on spotify it's a spotify exclusive one it's all like about the attitude, or I define the attitude here. That was the thing, and it was, and, you know, and the main kind of premise behind that is is the the click and Triple H and Shawn Michaels went to Vince and went, the product shit, mate. This this can't work anymore. People don't want to be trotted. They don't want a, a, a shonky lawyer trotted out in front of you. Or you know a, a psycho dentist or whatever whatever you want because people don't believe it anymore. People want the real stuff, and it seems like it's gone. All right, we'll get them out the door, like the people that said no, that this isn't working. We need to do something different, and we'll go back to trying that again. And you just think. It's kind of blatantly obvious he spends zero time around his grandchildren because he would know if he spoke to his grandchildren that they wouldn't fall for this shit. You know, we either spend time around kids or no kids and we know that kids would not fall for a wrestler that is, take your pick, you know, a security guard, a policeman, uh, you know, um, a lumberjack, whatever. They don't fall for that now. They want to see real real things and the problem is as well they want to see relatable things as well it's all well and good having the big monsters but the thing that made NXT good was you looked at and I'm not saying that I looked at Johnny Gargano and I thought yeah I could do that because I couldn't because I'd break my nose the first time I tried to jump off a rope but there was an element of relatability to them they weren't these jacked super athletes that were um first-class collegiate athletes and stuff like that. They were highly skilled wrestlers. They wanted to be wrestlers. They didn't fail at what they did before, which was a high level of sport before, and then go, what shall I do now? And then Uncle Vince came and knocked on the door with three million... Oh, no, sorry, that was something else that he did. Um, kind of. Th- uh, but, you know, he came and knocked on the door and went, I'll give you a job. And... Uh, you know, and and <laughs> you know, yeah, crazy, yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like even the kind of one of one of the episodes is the like the die Rocky die kind of thing where they talk about the original version of the Rock and how that was a terrible character that they gave him because it was kind of what. 
based in blatant possible racism kind of thing of like, oh yeah, people from the islands look like this and dress like this. And it's going back to that. And you just think, you know, I mean, don't really want to mention him, but Jordan Devlin is now J.D. Monahan. And you're like, his name was Jordan Devlin. That was Irish enough. It was Irish enough. It didn't need to be Monaghan and, you know, I mean, they might as well have, like, tried to dress him up in a leprechaun outfit because that's just how cheesy it was going to be. But this is, this is the thing. Like, it makes no sense. So, so in theory, NXT 2.0 is supposed to be, like, the third the third offering, the third brand. So it's not... They're not treating it as developmental anymore, blah, blah, blah. It's it's still it's still its own separate entity, etc. etc. If you're a WWE fan, you're probably watching NXT or NXT UK. You have seen these people. So the first question is, well hang on a second, why the fuck's he changed his name? Why like why am I supposed they 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 this was this was perfectly summed up by the fact that on the on the after the bell podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um Corey Graves was talking about Gunther and then obviously had to bleep himself on his own podcast because he referred to him as Walter about eight times in one sentence. And obviously they were like, hang on a second, we can't actually do that. We can't put it out as it is because that'll confuse everybody. So let's just bleep it every time he says his old name because he's even though he works for the company, he's obviously forgotten to call him by his new name even though everyone knows him by his old name. But, like, listening to that must have been fairly confusing on the basis, did it not just sound like he was calling him a massive... Yeah, so I was like, is he just is he just calling him a prick every time he like saying, oh, yeah, he did this move, and so Bleep did this move, and then Bleep, and then they... Yeah, like, bleep, bleep, and it was like, whoa, whoa, fucking hell, is he, is he that much of a twat to him that he's just basically sort of, like, whipping him constantly? Did he try and get off with uh, Carmella or something? He's just having nothing... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I just think have... like that. That will I'll never understand that because it's not as if they're coming from a completely different company and they have to try and keep the IP. You see, I think some of it, especially the ones that are coming through NXT UK to NXT and and so forth, a lot of those guys do wrestle using their own name, and for have to change it for. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's fine, but why is why was that not like you know? treated at source like when they sign for the company it's not as if it's NXT UK it's nothing to do with WWE so, so, so what you're saying is if they've not shown progression within the 60 days don't change their name and let them, let them leave but if they have changed if they have shown progression there we are so um, anyway we, 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 we digressed somewhat but we shall, we shall move on so um, we mentioned um, things from the 80s We'll also speak about somebody else who's been around for a fairly long time in that this week WWE is celebrating the 20 years of Cena. Man, that makes me feel so old, especially when I've heard people talking about, oh, yeah, the reason why I watched it when I was growing up was John Cena. No, you you mean like Hulk Hogan and and Ultimate Warrior, right? No, no, John Cena. Oh, my God, I'm so old. Um, But one point... Uh, to know in the in, in the whole back to the AWWWE thing was that um, this week making an appearance via video link was the Big Show, 
Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson or yeah or all Dragon Ball whichever you want to call him and um, also as well they had Chris Jericho so obviously three people who are now in AEW who are heavily associated with WWE great that they did it happy that they were on there WWE can't resist getting that that last little kicking the nuts in can they on the basis of if they had like other people like Stone Cold and all the rest of it and it had like their like WWE Hall of Famer underneath their name or if you know if there was anybody that was uh, not in AEW AW, but wasn't in the um, Hall of Fame it'd say like WWE Legend or something underneath their name Chris Jericho just Chris Jericho Big Show just Big Show and Daniel Bryan yeah you guessed it just Daniel Bryan. There was no like no fanfare for them, no little add-on. It sounds to me, Stuart, like you're accusing them of a little bit of pettiness there. Me? Does, does that sound like stuff they've done before? Anyway. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was I thought it was nice that they got back because those those three guys particularly have had big parts in, in Cena's career. But still feels like they did them just a little bit dirty on, on the way. So, anyway. Um, Brock Lesnar has also made his return to WWE, taking out the bloodline on SmackDown last week. And as a result, the main event for SummerSlam has already been set. So we now have a WrestleMania rematch of Roman Reigns defending the WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight title versus Brock Lesnar. But this time in a last man standing match. Thoughts on that one? Yeah, I'm, I'm alright with that actually. Uh, yeah, I thought at this point that I would have been a little bit more sort of, well, is it not time that we get something different? But obviously, he's working a reduced schedule, and for, for a change, for a for a time, we're not actually talking about Brock. Um, so it was fairly obvious that we were going to get a big. We were going to get a title defense until SummerSlam. So, yeah, I, I don't have any problem with it. And the fact that it's that type of match probably makes sense because we've seen a lot of pinfall victories in their matches before. So, this gives them a bit more creative freedom, shall we say. And they won't have to chase each other all the way around the stadium now either. So, uh, um, I don't know, wait a minute, that was money in the bank. Anyway, so yeah, so that's a. That's, uh, We've, we've talked about returns, but, you know, as it's getting over, we haven't yet talked about releases. So, one of the, uh, the former WWE releases actually turned up on AEW this week in the form of Claudio Castagnoli, which is, if for those that don't know, the real name, or original ring name, perhaps, of former WWE superstar Cesaro. And ironically... He replaced Brian Danielson in a match against Zack Sabre Jr. So a guy that basically spent the last year of his WWE career wrestling Daniel Bryan um, has now gone over, filled in for him, and seemingly also joined his stable, which is uh, now comprising of some absolute hefty talent in that company. Um, so I'm still not sold on the name. What did, so, what did, what did Zack Sabre Jr. call it as well? He gave it a new name, didn't he? Was it like the? It was. I think it was like the the Blackpool Croquet Club or something oh, like that. Was that. It the black the Blackpool Crochet Club. That was 
Um, having having listened to something with uh, John Moxley on this week, who admitted that he's he's never been to Blackpool. Um, then I just have visions now of Regal being like, right, lads, trip. That's it. Just insane. Um, but yeah, happy to see uh, that the artist formerly known as Cesaro back on TV. Uh, hopefully, he won't follow the suit of former WWE stars that then wrestle a couple of matches on Dynamite and then spend the rest of their career on Dark um, for AW. But um, we'll see. I hope not. He deserves better than that. Um, and finally, for the news section, we, we mentioned about Stephanie being interim CEO. Well, it seems to be the month of all things interim as we have a new AW interim world champion in John Moxley who beat uh, New Japan star Tanahashi to take the title in the absence of injured uh, champion CM Punk. I'm not, like, the, the whole thing about them bringing, the, the, they're clearly going to bring the titles back together when Punk's fit. Um, it kind of writes itself. I'm not, not too concerned about that kind of story-wise. But just a little side note for, for Moxley, who seemingly had a hell of a year last year, um, not only with his own personal demons, add into the mix a brand new baby and um, just throwing one in there for Andy that uh, I don't know if you know but he also had a book out in that time um, so just a book or <laughs> was it a book and an album uh, well I, I mean he did an audio book that probably would have been released on a TV so maybe there we go um, but yeah I mean just without the book even without the book that is still one hell of a year so it's it's a nice nice little story of redemption um, and if you do get the chance, because he is part of the Crochet Club as well, um, if you do get the chance to see the photograph with him bloodied, holding the title with the other guys around him, if you're ever going to think, right, what is this company all about? Put your best guys in this photograph. That kind of explains what AEW should be to me. So, very, very good. So, yeah, as I say, um, new AEW interim world champion. That does bring us to the end of the news. I told you it was hefty this time around. Um, so we'll take a very, very small break. Blink and you'll miss it. Don't go anywhere. We shall be right back with the predictions for Money in the Bank. Recording in progress. And just like that. I told you, you blinked. We're back. And here we go then. WWE Money in the Bank. 2023 prediction time and uh, Money in the Bank comes to us live this weekend from the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas Nevada. If you thought you were going to watch in a football stadium, still not happening. And as always the match card is taken from WWE.com and is correct at time of recording and based on the information we have six matches to predict this evening so we'll get stuck straight in. First up on my list I have the undisputed tag team title match so that Uso is going in as champions defending against the Street Profits. Uh, the Street Profits beat the Usos in a championship contenders match via countout. But a win is a win and they still get the title shot. The Usos have been on a bit of a tear again since becoming champions, almost replicating the run of the leader of the bloodline and his WWE undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship. Can the Usos remain the ones or will the Street Profits be the ones to stop them in their tracks? What do we think? Who wants to go first this time around? Well, I've gone with the Usos. Just trying to keep 
Yeah, I think they'll at least kind of keep the bloodline thing going, at least till SummerSlam. Okie dokie, you are in the book. I am seeing nods of agreement all round. Is that the same for, for Andy and for Paul? Absolutely. Yes, it is, and potentially, uh, can I offer up the option that I think that we could see the beginning of the split Street profits after this one. Ooh, how like? But will they work as singles? Like, I think I think the company's very high on Ford. I think Dawkins could be getting his walking papers within the next twelve months. Let's put it that way. If they if they split up, I uh, yeah, I think it might be a case of we'll see what. I mean, Paul's been very generous there by WWE standards because 12 months is a hell of a long time. <laughs> I mean, that's a big deal. within the next 12 months. So. Um, unfortunately, for points-wise on the predictions, I am also going to Usos. Um, so it's a, a clean sweep across the board. Money in the Bank this time, well, I, it feels like it should be a big deal because the Money in the Bank stuff is important. So as a pay-per-view, it should carry that kind of gravitas as well. But because of everything that's happened with, like, say, moving it from the, uh, from the stadium and all the rest of it, it feels like it's like not even necessarily like a B, like pay per view for me at the moment. Uh, and in terms of the Usos uh, losing the titles, I can't see that happening. Uh, there are rumours that the the two title belts, so the Raw and SmackDown tag team championships that are currently lugging around with them, are going to be replaced by a, a singular belt. Um, seems a good enough time to do it that they could possibly win it and, and either drop it in on uh, the end of the, the end of the match or, or maybe even on Raw the following night. So we shall see. Um, again, a bit of speculation as to if that's going to happen, what it could look like. But why not just go back to the old like, penny tags? So that the, the version that they had before the Raw and SmackDown, I quite like them. But what and uh, give up the possibility for. More Donna Donna Bill. Come on. Come on, son. You know how this game works. Well, what they could do is they could mash them both up and put the silver plates of the new ones on the black strap of the old one. And then it's a new belt. Oh. We're getting. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're getting a completely new design on reconstituted leather that's been fashioned from mankind's face. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's going to be all those sort of things. But it's definitely, <laughs> a, new, it's, it's definitely a new belt. Will definitely cost at least two hundred dollars retail. Could you know how this works? If they're going to do it properly, then it needs to have removable side plates so they can sell them as well. Anyway, um, we shall move on to the second match on the card. So I have the Raw Women's Title match, which is Bianca Belair going in as champion versus Carmella. This match has been chopped and changed quite a few times, seemingly thanks to an injury to the initial number one contender, which was Rhea Ripley. Um, has anybody seen what she did? So they they had a match, like a, a number one contenders match, and there was a point at which um, she was performing one of her moves and delivered that move to said opponent, carried on rolling through somewhat, and effectively kneed herself in the mouth, like quite badly. And not only is it, I think, given her some sort of dental issue, but was enough to possibly cause some sort of concussion as well. 
which is, I mean, yes, technically it looks like she's kind of done it to herself, but the momentum was, nobody was going to stop that. So I kind of feel bad for her in that regard. Doesn't matter. Nothing will ever, ever top what Cesaro did to his teeth on the top of the ring post that time. That was brutal. Yeah, that was horrible. And if anybody hasn't seen that, but has possibly played crocodile dentist with their children, um, it was a little bit like that where the teeth got pushed in. Just grim. Very grim. Um, Yeah, so... Well, following the announcement of uh, Rhea Ripley's injury, they had a rehashed fatal five-way match to crown the replacement number one contender. So Becky Lynch, Asuka, Liv Morgan, Carmella and Alexa Bliss um, all fought it out. And then eventually the self-proclaimed most beautiful woman in all of WWE, Corey Graves, other half, Carmella, stole the win. Again, do we think that by the way that this has been set up and it's a bit kind of hashed together, do we think there's any chance that Carmella's actually going to win the title? No. Wow. You would, This is the sort of thing, though, where it feels very obvious that like Bianca's going to win and based on all of the shaking heads and, and all obviously verbalising it... That, guess wasn't the question, that wasn't the question you asked, Stuart. You said, well, Stuart, oh, okay. can you... Oh, Okay, I will. I will stop putting things in the book for you then, Paul. If you want to take it from there. Well, no, it's just a case of you like you had it all sort of like sewn up that she wasn't. She wasn't winning the title, and then we all agreed she doesn't have to win the title, but she can still win the match. Okay. So, are you, are you picking Carmella? I mean, I'm absolutely not, but <laughs> just don't um, want you where. Don't want you to be uh, jumping to conclusions there, big man. So you know, just 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 can't, just slow your roll, big boy. Is this is this not the perfect time for a bit of old school WWE storyline shit housery on the basis of it means absolutely nothing? So therefore, why not? Um, the obviously, I'm, I'm assuming I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to jump into uh, you know the the head the head of the creative department and presume they probably have no desire to not have Bianca Belair as the champion at this particular time. So I can't see it being a situation where they were going to put it on Rhea. I mean, if they did, I don't think there'd been any complaints from pretty much anybody. But it's obviously just not in their plans at the minute. So. I think had it had it been Ripley, you could have seen it go in to a um, double count out, disqualification, whatever, and then Rhea maybe having it offer at SummerSlam potentially. But now it it already feels like they're just gonna fill it until she's back and then just start again from there. So as much as I was trying to sort of play that out, I have also picked Bianca. So that's a Bianca Belair win for everybody. So. Two predictions in. Everybody has the same prediction so far. Interesting. Okay, so third on the card, I have the US title match, which is defending champion Theory going in against Bobby Lashley. Good old Bobbly. So these guys have been going back and forth ever since Theory refused to give Lashley a title shot. Lashley then beat Theory in the first ever Theory Invitational Pose Down. Now, if you've ever heard of a spot straight out of Vince McMahon's playbook, 
that is it. Big, uh, what was it Biggie used to say? Big meaty men slapping meat was the, uh, I think, the phrase he used to use. Um, so, yeah. Um, during that, th- Theory ended up blinding Bobby Lashley with lotion, another Vince McMahon staple, surely. Um, and, yeah, this, this absolutely set Bobby Lashley off. Could, so, could, only have been, could only have been made better if it was ass cream, I suppose. <laughs> the Ass Boys is a different show, Paul. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the the rage, the pure rage of the lotion carried Bobby Lashley through a gauntlet match, beating Chad Gable, Otis, and then Theory himself at the end to earn a title match at this weekend's premium live event. So, who wins? Simple question. Theory to, to keep the title, or Lashley to take it from him? Andy, do you want to go first this time? I do, because I want to get in there before Paul. Because I am about to unleash what is known in the business of show and WWE as a Paul Williams special. So, Bobby Lashley wins through disqualification. Theory retains the title. Okay. There's going to be a lot of shenanigans going on here. All sorts of jiggery and in fact pokery and that is my prediction alright you are in the book for Lashley there was there was some nodding from Paul as if he'd kind of stamped on his toes there but he was happy about it kind of thing oh, he, he knew he knew exactly what he was doing slag <laughs> just... so shall I, shall I put you down for the exact same thing yeah put me down for the same thing but I'll have I'll have the theory um, gets himself counted out Okay, I am gonna. I am gonna put. Not that this particular bit is gonna carry a point, but I'm gonna put that on there just so I remember when I'm uh, checking it off. Matt, do you know what? We haven't oh. seen that for. A, I feel like we haven't seen that for a while, where where a, a heel just takes the cowardly way out of just running and gets himself carried out. So theory theory has had that in him as well so far, in the sense of. The thing with Mustafa Ali, where he won a number one contenders match last time, if you remember, and then made him take it straight away whilst he was still feeling the effects of the match. Which, so I guess that would kind of, if he does do that, would kind of carry on Theory's uh, run of heelish antics, shall we say? Matt, Andy and Paul have kind of pissed all over minus to chips on that one because I, I thought they're not going to take the title off Theory. But there's no way that Lashley's gonna lose clean to him. Um, I wonder whether there's some kind of Cena cock up in this kind of thing that because obviously they've been teasing that, haven't they? And Theory's been taking the piss out of him quite a lot. So, so yeah. Lashley to win, um, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm going to go theory to win by like disqualification. I think. Okay. It's See, not going to be the thing there. You should have gone for theory to win by Lashley getting counted out. Well, that it's going to be something like that, isn't it? Kind of thing. It's going to be. 
Yeah, but everyone knows now, Matt, because because you've said it on the podcast that you think it'll happen by disqualification. So if it happens by cow out now, you double the fun. I still wouldn't put this theory would. That fucking I'm I'm just gonna put theory. Straight up theory win. So I, I think that again I can't I can't disagree with you guys. There will be some some shenanigans, but I wouldn't put it past him having his feet on the ropes or, or something like that. So I will I will I think we can't say hands in the tides anymore. <laughs> well, I I don't know what to say to that. Um <laughs> But I think I think from the range of uh, predictions, we kind of have every heel finish or every heel one or one finish covered. Um, so yeah, so we we do have some... means Lashley's going over clean kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, more than likely. Uh, so yeah, we do we do have a, a, a split finally in the uh, in the predictions. Okay, so fourth on the card, the SmackDown Women's Title. So. Ronda Rousey going in as champion, defending against Natalia. Ronda is in her first run as SmackDown Women's Champion, and who better to get her started on the run than the woman who trained her? Natalia is often overlooked and the ever-present of the WWE's women's division, and has once again stepped up at the time she's been needed, especially in a division currently kind of full of holes. Um, thanks, Sasha, Naomi. Um, yeah, I said it. Um, Natalia's promo work in, in the build-up to this match has been some of the best of her career and if you ha- haven't seen it I fully recommend going and seeing the entirely cosplayed to the hilt parody of Ronda Rousey last week on Smackdown uh, complete with not only the eye makeup and the leather jacket but also the uh, push chair in the ring um, which was excellent um, so yeah will WWE now do the unthinkable and kill the momentum of Ronda Rousey or will her bad reputation prevail once again in the battle of the uh, submission specialists I will take this one and I would bloody love it if Natalia won I really like Natalia um, and again for you probably tell by the way that I, I put that together that she has not only been the ever present of the women's division recently, but Jesus Christ, she has been there forever. Like, like if there's gonna, I know they've already had like a Bella's sort of uh, commemorative title or whatever. Natalia definitely deserves something to that as soon as, as, soon as that that option arises. Um, unfortunately, it's probably more in Natalia's nature to be the one that puts people over as opposed to the one getting put over. Um, so to that end, I am picking Ronda, and on the basis as well, it's a submission match. It makes it a little more difficult, I assume, for the uh, hooky finishes that we mentioned for the last prediction. Uh, Andy, yeah, I'm with you. Ronda to retain. Um, I I just think, yeah, it's just it's just. For now, she'll keep that title. Okay. Paul? Yeah, same for me. Just going back to the Natalia thing, it'd be interesting to sort of see, like track the number of days worked for the company against number of days as champion in the company and see if she's got like the lowest ratio of anyone in the company. 
I think there'll, there'll definitely be people who've been in the company and never held a, tam- a championship at all. So, it should, I think she it will be. You'd imagine that she will be like you know up there with the, the lowest percentage. But like you say, she has been. She's been pretty much what a permanent fixture since the late two thousands. I think they always. I mean, I know that the whole thing about being the boat, like best of all time, was like her thing for a little while, and the statistics have been released about. Had the most uh, matches of any woman in WWE and uh, had the most wins. Wasn't championship wins as we uh, as we know. So um, the, the, having the most matches and then being the and I hate this phrase, but they put it out there the winningest woman in all of WWE. Uh, it's not a real word. Not a real word. Um, that that's unfortunately for her purely uh, <laughs> playing the percentages thing. Um, you know, you buy enough tickets, you'll eventually win the lottery, kind of a deal. <laughs> but yeah, um, Matt, are you are you going to be the one brave enough to pick Natalia, or are you still sticking with Ronda? Ronda, yeah. <laughs> damn it, they're desperate. they're desperate at the moment. You know, we already talked about them bringing broccoli back, and they're just desperate. They're desperate to get any eyes on them. So there's no way, there's no way they're going to give it to Natalia. And it's in Vegas, and obviously, Vegas is where she like headlined loads of UFC pay per views, isn't it? So, oh, yeah. even though all the Uf- UFC fans will be watching the UFC because somehow or other they booked to do it the same night as the UFC kind of thing. Hence, them not being able to sell out a football stadium. I mean, Christ. Like how Nick Khan hasn't been fired for that decision is shocking. I mean, if they would have done it the Sunday night, if they just would have had this Sunday night, they might have sold out the football stadium. But no, no. And then they're going up against UFC again for SummerSlam. Just, just FYI, just, just so people know. It's stupid. Different city though this time, so you know. I mean, you said how has Nick Khan not been fired for that decision? I mean, if there's ever a time to make a monumental cock up like that, it's probably the time when your boss has been. Investigated by probably was the papers. He was probably here. He's like, "Oh Christ, I messed this up." I've been kicking this. <laughs> this this decision came long before this shit all started kicking off. It, it did. One remind me at the end to loop back to something regarding the Stephanie stuff as well. Um, we'll keep. We shall keep that bit. Um, but yeah, the the that's that's everybody then going for Ronda. So this. This is where it's going to either really mix things up or we'll really hammer home that Paul and Andy will be cheering on Lashley something chronic this weekend. Um, So, the women's Money in the Bank match. Recording in progress. Okay, so next on the card, we have the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. And this year it's been contested back in front of a live crowd, so we don't get the, the live version of Donkey Kong that we had a couple of years back with the, the women climbing the WWE headquarters. We are back to traditional ladders, um, which is probably safer for the women of WWE not having to climb the headquarters given the recent uh, investigations. But yeah, WWE.com has confirmed that seven women are set to compete for the contract on Sunday. Um, Sunday? Saturday. I'm confused now. Saturday. Ah, uh, man, that's tradition just sneaking into my notes. Uh, but yeah, six of the women have been named before this week, uh, with Becky Lynch making up the final entrant 
on Raw this past Monday. Of the competitors in the match, only Alexa Bliss has held the case previously, who cashed in on Nia Jax the same night she won. Is that experience going to prove vital, or are we going to see a first-time holder? So, to go through the full list of competitors, we have Lacey Evans, who qualified first, Raquel Rodriguez, who you may as, may know as Raquel Gonzalez from uh, NXT days, Liv Morgan, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Shotzi, and finally Becky Lynch. This could be a real mixed bag here because there are not many of them with a story going in. Paul needs to either go for a piss or he wants to take the uh, the first. You said that Alexa Bliss was the only previous holder. Yeah. Asuka won it two years ago. She didn't. She didn't. Uh, she well, she did win it, but she never held it, did she? Because she didn't get chance to. Splitting hairs. Splitting hairs. But yes. Yes. Her briefcase. Her briefcase didn't have a contract inside it. It had a had a Raw Women's title inside it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but I'll 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 take I'll take first smashing if you want. Okay. Um, I think uh, someone had called this on like a fan website about two or three months ago. That um, it might even be longer than that. Um, but they called it like long term storyline sort of telling mode would dictate that. Liv Morgan would be the person to get the briefcase. Um, as I, was it at the Royal Rumble that she faced Becky for the yep. title? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was con- I was convinced she was going to win the title then, but obviously she didn't. And this this fan sort of theory put out there that like you know, have her go in the title match, you know, make her look strong. She only just loses, then build her up, build her up, give her the give her the money in the bank contract and then have a cash in and that like gives like this massive sort of uh, like good uh, good news story or good feeling story moving forward for a, uh, a title run. Um, and I fully agree so I would like Liv Morgan as the as the briefcase winner please okay you are you are in the book uh, I am gonna jump in and not agree with Paul I am going at Always in this instance, I will always say that I think that the heels make better holders of the briefcase, unless they're going to cash it in the same night or very quickly. Um, She's been on the poster since its inception. She only just got added to the match this past week, so she was clearly always going to be in in or around. Um, And as she had to relinquish her title, as we just discussed, through uh, the money in the bank means when she went off um, to have little one, it seems fitting that she will end up getting the Raw Women's title back via the medium of the briefcase. So I'm going to go for Becky Lynch. Plus, it's probably about the only thing that she hasn't won as well. So just to add that to the FU Charlotte Flair Brigade that is seemingly ongoing. Andy? Rodriguez for me please I would love it if it happens I feel like missing out on a couple of opportunities to take down Ronda Rousey previously I'd, uh, I'd imagine that would be an opportunity to uh, to get that match and maybe even get a chance of that I was going to say belt but title so uh, that's my, my pick there cool that makes a lot of sense obviously she 
when she debuted on SmackDown, she was very quickly thrust into a, a, a title match again at that time against Ronda, as Andy rightly points out, and looked very good in doing so. So that that if it happens, that that also makes a lot of sense. Not something I'd even thought about. So, uh, Matt, do you want to take the uh, the final prediction for the women's? I uh, you know, when you just look at it, and I'm just like, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to pick Becky Lynch same as you. But then, it's the one that makes the most sense. I, I think a lot of them could. I th- like. The, I just I think Lacey Evans no, Shotzi yeah. no. Even though Shotzi with the briefcase will be awesome, she'd do something really good with it. But I just don't think she's been enough in it. That I like the Liv Morgan thing. But then I kind of get the feeling, is she a bit more like, what's his chops? Um, what's his name? Uh, heavy machinery guy. Otis. Yeah. Is she a little bit Otis kind of thing? Obviously, Alexa Bliss has only just come back. Asuka seems to kind of think, kind seems to kind of fallen away a little bit. I like the Raquel Rodriguez one, but then, I don't know. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to go with Becky Lynch. I think, okay. it's, I think it's, if they're, they're, they're desperate for headliners at the moment, and um, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll go with Becky Lynch and then. Okay, you are, you're in the book. I, I think from, from the field of competitors that they've got, Possibly with the exception of, and I'm really sorry to do this to her, but possibly with the exception of Lacey Evans, who will probably now win. I think you'd be you'd be happy, I think, if any of the others won, because they've all got a reason to do so. Um, like, like Matt said, even even Shotzi, yes, she's not been used a lot, but she, I'm sure she would be incredible at that. Um, certainly be a call for a, a customised briefcase for her if she wins. Um, but yeah, so um, we shall we shall move on to the final match, which will come as no surprise that it is the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, once again, WWE.com has confirmed that seven competitors are to enter the match, but at the point of recording, only six have been named. Uh, so this gives us the chance to play for another bonus point by picking the last person. So we would expect that that will probably be confirmed on SmackDown this coming Friday before the event takes place at the weekend. Um, so all of the men in the match have had to either qualify or face opponents to hold on to their spot. But a special mention to Riddle, who not only got smashed by Omos to allow the Nigerian giant access into the match, but then had to endure a 20-man battle royal to finally qualify himself. So he has been through the ringer to get to get to this, this match. Um, so the full list of competitors are Omos, Seth Freakin' Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Sami Zayn, Riddle, and then the TBC, or uh, currently the Women's Tag Team Champions vacant. Who knows? One of the above. Um, I think that there might be some potentially year-long fantasy booking situation about to grace the airwaves if... Uh, if, if they play it right, but we, we shall we shall see. Um, so, who would like to take the first prediction on the final match?
Well, seems like we're all being uber polite. I'll jump in. So, seventh entrant, I will go for Mad Cap Moss. Winning the briefcase and then going on to give the people in attendance at the Cardiff Principality Stadium a, a thing to remember will be the Scottish warrior himself, Mr. Drusif McIntyre. Okay. Both of those are in the book. Andy, do you want to go? So, I've been thinking about this all day and I've changed, I've changed my actual answer a couple of times. Um, but I thought I'd open up with uh, my, my seventh person was more of a kind of hope. So I'm not entirely sure what his status is at the moment. Uh, but would it really be a getting over podcast without me saying these three letters? Ah. Uh, okay. Randall Keith as my seventh. Now I don't know what his status is. I don't know. I know he he was taking some time off. Officially, he's he's, he would be running IR, I guess, if that's the um, in the sense of it's been rumoured that he may be out for the rest of the year because of injuries to his back. However, he has definitely just been on holiday with the family. So, so I look. So, so for this, I looked at all the names that were going in, and I was like, Do you know who would really just put a little pepper on top of that, Randall. So I was like, sod it. I don't, I don't even care if he's not active. I don't care if he's not healthy. I'm putting him down as my, as my seventh um, winner. Um, it's one of those all day. I had the same as Paul. I, I, I know. I keep, I keep saying. They really need to do something with Drew. Like they need to just, they need to have him front and center. And I don't know why they're not. And it just it's baffling. And I keep picking them and, and and stuff like that. And then I went a different route with a with a a different freaking uh, contender. But um, maybe for the last time, I might have to uh, just this one stick with Drew McIntyre for the win. Okay. Uh, so you guys are in the book. Matt, do you want to go or do you want to go last? Can't you go? I'm still, I'm still pondering. I'm still like, like Andy. I've been like, uh, there's one person I keep on coming back to, and then I change my mind, and then, but I'll let you go. Okay. Well, I am going for winner to be Riddle. And the reason for this is because I absolutely think that Drew will be in the mid-event at Clash at the Castle because if not, they'd really, really mess something up. But I, I think because that's such like a a nailed-on thing, he, him winning it almost feels a bit too obvious. Um, so I've gone for Riddle. And in terms of who could possibly win uh, who could possibly be the extra entrant um, I'm going straight up ladder match veteran 
Kofi Kingston. Hey, I'm going to go. I, I thought you were going to say who I've been thinking about all day, and I know he kind of tried to get into it before, but I think somehow AJ Styles is going to work his way into the match. Okay. That'd be a great shout if he does. I'm not going to pick Drew because Drew, Drew's got too much shit to carry. If he's got a briefcase and that fucking sword, he's going to be at a <laughs> down. Um, my head, I thought, oh, are they going to give it to Omos because maybe that'll help make his character a bit more interesting? Then I was like, Riddle will do something cool with the uh, with the uh, briefcase, but then to go with um, go with my prediction from the women's one, his and hers briefcases, Seth freaking Rollins because he will also do cool stuff with the money in the bank box it'll match his suit every week or something like that his boohoo suit I've, I've just had an import I've just had a thought that Rid- Riddle can use it to keep his important papers in by which I clearly definitely definitely mean his uh, contract <laughs> yeah so that's it that is that is all the predictions and all done all in the book so yeah enjoy money in the bank and we shall see who takes that title has anybody got any other business nothing for me sir the Stephanie thing very very quickly was did she have the the, the point I wanted to raise was did she have the the heads up a little while ago when she stepped back for personal reasons I think we can all possibly agree on that one absolutely I've been boinking a load of the uh, former employees yeah that's Definitely. Not be around them for a little while, isn't it? Anyway, that is it. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining me as always. Um, Thanks to you guys for watching and listening along. Leave us some likes and comments and subscribes and tell us who you think is going to win and see if you can beat us at our own game. All right, until next time, everyone. Thank you very much. Bye. So, there you go. What do you think of that? Let us know what your predictions are. Also, if you've not subscribed, drop a subscribe and be in with a chance to win the Funko Pop competition. It's heating up, people. We're getting close. Big thank you to Stu and also Matt and Paul for joining me and being all about the wrestling. You can check out our website. It's thecookiecast.com. Over there, we've got social media links and an email button for you to get in touch with us. You know, to let us know your predictions. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.